0: Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name's Kelly S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today's Friday, January 19, 2024, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the doctor's opinion. We're on page XXIX, fourth paragraph. starts with, I do not hold with those who believe Goes through uh, beyond their mental control and comments on that one paragraph. Today's readers, 12 steps will be Matthew G, 12 traditions, Tenzin P, Anne Marie M is the reader of the text, Judith S.P. will be reading page 164, Vanessa G is our backup reader today, newcomer greeters, Marge O, second hour host is Anne A, and Janice PM will be doing our announcements. The reference numbers for yesterday, in case you missed those, Thursday, January 18, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is twenty one thousand and fifty-one two zero five one, 21051, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 21052,
1: 21052. The OA
0: preamble. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matthew G. to read the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Matthew.
2: Good morning. This is Matthew G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Paris, France. And these are the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matthew. And we will now have Tenzin P. read 12 traditions of Overeaters and Anonymous. Good morning, Tenzin.
3: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. checking in from New York. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Readers Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Tenzin. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we will resume our study of of, of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we're in doctor's opinion. We are on page XXIX, fourth paragraph, starts with, I do not hold with those who believe goes through to beyond their mental control. And we'll be doing reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Anne-Marie M. is going to get us started. Good morning,
4: Anne-Marie.
5: Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M. in um, South Carolina, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in this big book. Um, I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is an entirely problem of mental control. I have had many men who, for example, worked for a period of months on some problem or a business deal um, which was to be settled on a certain date favorable to them. They took a drink a day or so uh, prior to the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other uh interests so that the um important appointment was not met. These men were not drinking.
0: Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie. Yes. We're having a hard time hearing we're having a hard time hearing you. Oh, you are? Let me I'm so yeah, sorry. I mean I could hear you but it was like really like in a All right, let me know, um get rid of my um
3: Do you want me to read the paragraph over?
0: Yeah, that's way better. That would be great. Why don't you start over? Thank
5: you. You can hear me better. Okay, so I have me, I have me on speaker. Let me see. Okay, well, right. is, it can was you bad hear, can, you, ago. can you hear me? Okay, now. Perfect. Good. Okay, very good. I don't like being on speaker. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Um, so I do, So this is um, Roman numeral twenty-nine, the last paragraph. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entire is. Entirely a problem of mental control. I have many, I have had many men who had, for example, worked a period of months on some problem or business deal, which was to be uh, settled on a certain date favorable to them. They took a drink a day or so before the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other, um, all other interests, um, so that they. That the important appointment was not met, these men were not drinking to escape; they were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. um This paragraph was very confusing to me um uh at first, but I understand it now and what to, there's two things to me that um I got out of this paragraph um one was that um circumstances do not cause me to compulsively eat and that i have a physical allergy so many times i things have been going well and then all of a sudden that thought the obsession comes to mind that i should i should compulsively eat something and i compulsively eat and sometimes it's not even on trigger foods sometimes it's just that compulsion to compulsively put something in my mouth and all of a sudden I've got a craving that I need more. However, when I do put it and and I end up compulsively eating. Um, When I do um, eat something that is uh, a trigger food for me, that craving, um, I can't stop it. it. It just... It just um, takes over. It just it takes over my, my mind, my my senses. It takes over everything, and so um, I think Doctor Silkworth here is really trying to explain that there is a physical component to this disease. Uh, for them, alcohol, once they put it in their body, they can't stop and for me it's certain trigger ingredients that once i put it in my system i cannot stop so um, i'm forever grateful for this man um and his determination to uh to explain to the world you know through this book through his letter um that there's a physical component to this and that we're not just you know i just thought of myself as being a glutton, a terrible person. I mean, the things that I thought about myself, I wouldn't even think about my, I wouldn't even say out loud to, uh, to my, my my worst enemy. Um, I thought so badly about myself. And I'm um, just so grateful for this program, so grateful that it was proven that it's, I'm not a bad person. I'm a sick person trying to get well and getting well. I'm not trying anymore. I mean, I'm doing it. And um, that was, um, <laughs> I tried for so many years to do, so many things, but nothing else worked but God works, and that's what I was um that's what this program has taught me is to rely on God um, for the solution. so with that, I'll pass thank you.
0: Well thanks, Anne Marie for getting us started. okay, so we're now going to open up the meeting for sharing. although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experiences too. So, if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday on any vision meeting, please allow others the opportunity to share today. Please keep your share to three minutes to allow time for as many people as possible to share. I'll remind you when your time is over. So, please give me your first name, <laughs> initial of your last. Charles H. Charles
6: Talia D.
0: Harlan. Talia. Elena C. Elena C. Julie G. Julie P. Chris G. Chris G. Nancy
7: R.
1: Nancy R. Jessica.
8: Claire E. From UK.
1: Jessica Jessica Claire.
9: Julie B. From Ohio.
1: Was there
0: a Julie P. And a Julie B.? I believe so. Okay. Well, we'll go with it. Let's uh, stop there, because that's quite a lineup. Here's who I have. Charles, Harlan, Talia, Elena, Julie, P, Chris, Nancy, Jessica, Claire, and another Julie B, Our Julie B. OK, everybody, please make sure you're muted by pressing star one. And we'll get started with Charles, followed by Harlan. Good morning, Charles.
6: Good morning. Thanks for your service. So pretty much. Uh Dr. Silkworth is trying to explain. He's trying to sing a song to the the real alcoholic and the real compulsive overeater, and you probably know the song. It's, Let's get physical, right? So he wants, like, he wants to make sure that now, of course, we know um, that this is the double whammy, and all all action is born in thoughts. But this this is a an example that you know Bill W. had an opportunity to make some money. We know it in 1930s. He was hard up, so he had an opportunity, and I could identify, you know, living in New York City. I, I, I was on my way to TJ Maxx, and um, I, I took I took a drink or so, and that, that appointment was never met because I picked up the first one and triggered the phenomenon of craving, which is a rare, unusual craving, and it, it stated in this opinion five different times. And, you know, at least four or five times, Dr. Silkworth is trying to drill down. This is not just a mental, because I have a thought today. I have a mental thought today. Mental illness is serious, and the addiction is is part of mental illness. I'm not here to get popular in a mental illness program. I'm here to get well because I'm sick. It's not about popularity. You know, there's millions of people that are are sick, Um, and, and there's even more that's not taking their treatment. So I take my treatment on a daily basis and I realize that, you know, I go to work because I deal with this mental illness that I also, you know, if you don't pick it up, you ain't got to put it down, but it's so easy to, you know, and I don't want to poo-poo on diets because diets work for people that are not real compulsive overeaters. But for a real compulsive overeater like myself, I have to, I have to work these steps continuously work the tradition and the concepts, And with that, I pass. Kelly, hit star one. Kelly, we can't hear you.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I was telling you to hit star one. Apparently, oh. I'm the one who needs to hit star one. But okay, <laughs> Harlan G, you're up. Thank, thank you, guys. You, Kelly, thank <laughs> you for
10: your service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'm very, very proud to be sharing on the line any time I do, but today especially. Today is January the 19th, and it is on this date in 1960 in Los Angel West Los Angeles, California, that the very first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous took place. And this is why we have the OA birthday in January, as close to the nineteenth as we can get it, is because January nineteenth, nineteen sixty, is the very first meeting of this glorious, glorious organization that has been single handedly responsible for saving my life because it connected me with a merciful God that relieved my unmerciful obsession. I'm very, very glad to be here all days, but as I say, especially today. And also today is an abstinent uh, birthday, abstinent date of a very special person to all of us. This paragraph says, I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. In 1932, about six years before this letter was written by Dr. Silkworth, Bill Wilson was in touch with people from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, they knew of Bill's prowess in the stock market. They knew how successful he had been, and they had decided to contact him about making a buy. Stocks stocks were at a low point of 1932, and they had organized a group to buy. They met in a hotel room in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and a man there had a bottle of jersey lightning now this was in the days of uh prohibition prohibition came in in 1920 and this was in the uh 1932 so he passes around this bottle of Applejack whiskey jersey lightning and it goes around and bill was on one of his drinking diets at this time and he realizes that he is not going to take a drink and it goes around again and the guy pecked Puts him on the, pats sh- him on the shoulder and says, hey, this is vegan, this is kosher, this is vegetarian, this is homemade, this is gluten-free. No, he didn't say that. He said, hey, Wilson, take one sip. I made this myself. Can any of you relate to that? Bill Wilson, without a word from anyone, he realizes he hasn't had a drink for a few days. Certainly he's proven he's not an alcoholic. He takes one sip of this whiskey. And even though he was tortured by the hell of poverty, tortured by the hell of uh, of alcoholism, his marriage was falling apart. His life was in a shambles. He, had, he couldn't get out of that hotel room for three days because he triggered the allergy. On page 7 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, after meeting Dr. Silkworth, now I realize we're not at page 7 yet, but in the middle That's of the fine. page... It says, it relieved me somewhat to learn that in alcoholics, the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor. I'm not weak. I'm just sick. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Kelly, for your service.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Next up is Talia D. followed by Elena C. Good morning, Talia. Hi, Kelly. Hi, everyone. This
11: is Talia from um, Talia D. from Minnesota. And um, I just wanted to share that ab- about this paragraph. Um, circumstances don't cause me to compulsively eat. Um, it's the phenomenon of craving. So as long as I don't ingest it, um, I I don't have to have those foods. And so the physical component to this, um, the line that stuck out to me were, these men were not drinking to escape, they were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. So my willpower is non-existent once I take that first bite and the physical takes over. Um, and something happened yesterday that I really wanna escape from, but the miracle is, is that I didn't go to Taco Bell or McDonald's over it. Um, I was laid off from my job last night after work, and at the end of the day, and it came out of nowhere. I'd been there two years. Um, they're doing a lot of layoffs, I guess, And but the miracle is, is that I didn't have to eat over it, and God orchestrated it so that it came after the birthday party, which is a miracle because I am just feel so much more connected and I don't have that um physical craving um in in my body because I haven't ingested my alcoholic foods and I have a body that can't process my alcoholic foods but I have a mind that can't process reality. But with all of you and with God I can accept the reality and I don't have to escape from it. And um I know that God has a better plan and has something in store. So, um, I'm grateful for that. So I'm grateful to be here and, um, that I don't have that phenomenon of craving for today. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Talia. All right. Next up we have Elena C followed by Julie P good morning, Elena.
4: Good morning, everyone. So good to wake up to hear this voice, your voices. My name is Elena C. from South Carolina. So, you know, I hear a lot like circumstances do not cause me to, to drink. To, and, and that is true um, after I got exposed to the 12 steps. Prior to that, though, certainly circumstances caused me to, to, to eat. And why? Because circumstances caused my powerful emotions, and my, you know, my brain was as such as to do. When I had those powerful emotions, including excitement, including excitement, not necessarily emotions that don't feel good, but just emotions that they were so powerful. And my solution was to go to food. Why? Because in the limbic system. That substance that I ingested calmed amygdala and gave me a state of well-being, you know. So having said that, um, I am in the 12 steps now, and I know – what do I know? I know that I have a physical condition that stays somewhere in the prefrontal lobe of the brain. And then this physical condition explained my addiction, that my body is different, Dr. Silkworth at that time, they didn't have the medical um, devices and research that they have it done yet. He knew, intuitively knew what's going on. And so he gave us an explanation. For me, that brings acceptance because I so much was so down on myself. Oh, my God, you know, look what you've done. You ate again so much. I mean, how can you, you know, I was, I just punished myself for that. And when I heard that, that it's not my fault, addiction is not my fault. Addiction is not a choice. My body and it's just, that's what it is. There's nothing I can do about it until I get exposed to the miraculous energy of Something or someone that's beyond myself It's not me who's doing the healing, you know. So, yes. Yeah. So, at this time, I am not, you know, I am in the steps. I am with God. And, yes, circumstances don't have to cause me to eat. Why? Because I have the steps of recovery, you know, and I could choose today. I Now is a choice. Now I can choose to use the steps to stay in this community, reach out to you, and so forth. And that's how I live today. And I don't want my life to be any different. And thank you for listening. To, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so
0: much, Elena C. All right, next up, we have, I think we have Julie P. followed by Chris G. Julie P., did I hear you?
12: Good morning. My name is Julie P., a compulsive overeater from Minnesota, currently wintering in Texas, to which I'm grateful for. Good morning, everybody. Um, Thank you for the opening share. And when I heard the word phenomenon, a craving, this instant identification came to me of the lone wolf with the red eyes out for the kill. And that is what my phenomenon of craving does. And that was in April of 2022 was the last wicked, wicked, wicked binge I was on. It was Easter. And it is just just my mind remembers that binge so vividly because nothing was going to stop me. I was gonna be going for every single sugary substance I could find on that Easter day. And everybody get out of my way, just like a wolf going for the kill in the wild. It is crazy. And I'm so grateful that the following day, I woke up and said, I can't do this. This is insane. And one day later, I found a vision for you to which has changed my life. And I am so grateful that the wolf with the red eyes is at bay. But I know if I don't keep doing the simple directions described in this book, that that wolf
6: will be waiting at my door. And I bless you all a wonderful day. And with that, I pass. Thank
0: you, Julie P. Next up, we have Chris G. followed by Nancy R. Good morning, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for leading the meeting, and thanks for everyone that
13: is doing service and the shares today. Um, so so this is an interesting paragraph, and it makes me think about what my solution to my eating problem was. And, and my solution was to hate myself more, and if I didn't uh, – Stop gaining weight, then I should hate myself more, and that would stop me from gaining weight. Uh, that, that was the way my thinking went. And, and I think about the idea that I wanted to blame my actions on other people. Uh, that was my MO, uh, to blame somebody else for my actions and not take responsibility. Well, alcoholics do what alcoholics do. And compulsive overeaters eat compulsively. And it doesn't matter why. And and, and I can't blame it on somebody else. But um, uh, this this story here, this is a story of self-sabotage and consequences. And and it doesn't, our our disease of alcoholism doesn't respond to uh, reasoning reasoning. Well, if this happens and this happens, then you'll do this. No, I won't because I'm a compulsive overeater and I do what compulsive overeaters do. I eat. I learned that I had a a trigger food a particular trigger food when I was 18 and I learned that if I ate more, I wanted more. If I ate more, I wanted more. I knew that at 18. I knew it at at 19. I knew it at 20. I knew it at 28, but I was still picking it up. I would pick it up and I would have the experience of the phenomenon of craving and I didn't know what to do about it. And it's not a question of why I don't need to figure it out. What I need to do is take, <clears throat> take action. And what I need to do is, is get my power from the power source outside of my, uh, power. Get my power from the power source that is not myself and my will and my willpower. And, 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 and yes, that's, that's what I need to do. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Before we go on, let's. I just want to remind you guys where we're at. We're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Doctor's Opinion, page XXIX, fourth paragraph. I do not hold with those who believe, ending with beyond their mental control. And we're just commenting on that one paragraph. We're going to move on with Nancy R., followed by Jessica. Be sure you guys let us know where you're calling from. Good morning, Nancy.
7: Good morning. Nancy R. from uh, Northwest Illinois. Excuse me, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, wow, such powerful shares this morning. Thank you for, to everyone. Uh, what came up for me this morning as I read this was um about 15 years ago, um I had some relief from my I was in program and I had some relief from my um compulsive overeating. And um you know for for uh you know a nice period of months I don't remember exactly how long and um it was uh prior to my son's uh marriage and um so I was in uh a good i was a good size for uh, my uh, body and um I was feeling good and I was looking good and uh food was easy. Um, I was following my food plan. And, um, you know, we had all these celebrations and then the wedding. And, um, of course, I got lots of attention seeing people I hadn't seen in years and um, had a great time and started binging as soon as it was over. And so I related to this, you know, it wasn't a business event, but it was a big social event, a big event in my life, something I was looking forward to, something I was uh, enjoying. And, um, you know, so I, you know, took a bite, uh, maybe a day or so prior to the date. I'm not sure, you know, the um, compulsion was there long before I picked up the bite And, you know, people would say in program, people would say, and, you know, I'm not this was it was what we all knew. So we were trying to help each other. You know, what what happened? What happened? What happened? And it's like, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I want attention, but I don't want attention. And it was just too much. And so I went back to the food. And, you know, while that may have been true to some extent, the real thing was that I was not overeating to escape the attention. I was overeating to overcome a craving beyond my mental control, because I wasn't addressing by working the steps the crazy um, twist of my mind. So who knows what I was telling myself? But you know, I wasn't getting the relief around that. And um, you know, another part in a book, where, you know, talks about strange as it may seem. Um, He may say he doesn't really know, and that's probably the the truest reason. Um, So thanks for listening. I pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy R. Next up we have Jessica followed by Claire E. Jessica, what's the initial of your last name
14: and where are you calling from?
15: Yes, hi, this is Jessica S. from um, Ohio. I'm a grateful, compulsive, overeating, um, the center that stood out to me was that they um, were um eating, I mean, well, drinking to overcome, I mean, drinking, you know. Um, yesterday, this happened yesterday. So, um, you know, I'm thinking because, you know, I'm home, you know, from work and my family is out and about. You know, my daughter, she's with her boyfriend and my um my significant other you know he's at the coffee plant place and i say you you know i'm happy that i'm by myself and i can do whatever and then all of a sudden this thought comes and it says well since your family's out and you know i don't have anyone to um be around you know i can you know maybe indulge in some of the cookies that were on the counter and i said oh no i don't i was kind of like um Bill, Bill Wilson, you know, and when he was in the bar and he was trying to choose between the phone and the joint, and the, uh, I mean, yeah, the phone and the joint. So what I did was I said, you know what, let me go to the dot OA.org and I hop on to a meeting that I don't want me to go to. And then eventually, you know, I keep, uh, I keep this up by, you know, making outreach calls, putting my um, name out there, calling people. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, that um, objection to, um, that objection, you know, it was left because the last time I tried this, I did, I did um, consume it. This is the major of my relapse because, you know, I give in, I'm thinking that I, this craving will go away, but it never does. It's always intensified. And it's like I'm constantly eating to get rid of the obsession. And it just kind of like, it just goes, it's like like a vicious uh, cycle. And this um, happened when I was um, in school where I would um, eat because I'm frustrated or I eat because I'm not understanding the material. And then I eat whatever, you know, has triggered me, and sometimes it can be, you know, healthy food, and I'm just constantly eating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I can eat carrots compulsively, especially if I'm frustrated or if I'm happy or nervous. It doesn't matter. I mean, even when I was in L.A. and I was at the birthday party, and, you know, I'm excited to meet different people, I can eat. I have learned, um, you know, within the past month that I can eat anything composted. I can eat my oatmeal meal it doesn't freaking matter. And I'm eating, you know, to for uh, that craving, but yeah, I just I uh, just um do a here and <laughs> put my name out there. Time. Um anyway and good timing and I and with that I'll pass. thank you.
0: Thanks, Jessica. All right, next up we have Claire E followed by Julie B. Good morning, Claire.
8: Thanks, Kelly, my name's Claire E. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic in Cornwall in the UK. Um, This is a great paragraph, isn't it, it's got loads in it. Um, That first line, I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. And that makes me think, yeah, there is a nod. You know, obviously the main problem centers in my mind because that's what gets me to take that first bite. You know, in the last sentence there, you know, these men were not drinking to escape. I, w- I would actually say that I did eat to escape. Um, Certainly the mental twist of that was because I was escaping feeling irritable, restless and discontent. And I have always used food as an anesthetic. That was definitely the way I ate. I wanted it, it was my switch off. It was my effort. You know, that was that was what got that first bite in my mind, in, in my mouth. Um. But, you know, as, as it says, you know, as it describes so well, once that first bite is in my mouth, once that first bit of bulimic behavior, I mean, that was really important for me as well to look at my behaviors around food, um, you know, didn't matter what else was going on in my life. You know, the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other interests, you know, and as I read that, that sentence was read today, I was thinking of all those other interests that I just. Kick down the road, you know. In my twenties, when I was really into my bulimia, I had no other interest. Food was my interest. My illness was my interest. I didn't have friends. I didn't have a social life. I didn't do sports. I didn't. I didn't really do anything. It was all tomorrow, next week. I'm gonna. This, you know, great ideas. I never did it because once that food was in, that's all I wanted to do. And I remember. You know, driving around London in the middle of the night, you know, it was paramount to my safety. You know, I, I'd go up brick lane to find bagels at three o'clock in the morning. You know, it was it was paramount. I did a bike race once. I remember I was doing a hundred mile bike race and um, and I was vomiting the night before. And I knew that it would mess up my electrolytes and I couldn't stop doing it messed up romance. I remember, I remember sneaking out when I had this new boyfriend to go get food and I hid behind his car until he left uh it's bonkers things that i did you know in in the interest of scratching this itch and and you know the 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 thing is you know beyond beyond my mental control this is an itch you know it's like a uh, trying to think how would i describe the phenomenon of craving you know and it's this sort of yeah itch you know the need for more the constant ruminating of my mind where am i going to go next what am i going to eat next what's in the fridge what's in the cupboard where's the money where's the shop open um you know, and, and, and it's like treating an itch with some cream whose main side effect is itch. You know, it just, it just, it was like putting a fire out with petrol. You know, as soon as I ate more, I needed more. You know, I needed more. And and it was, you know, was that, at that point, was beyond my mental control. The only thing that stopped me at that point was pretty much passing out or running out of food. Um, you know, and, and, and that is, you know, that was my experience with that phenomenon of craving. It was absolutely, you know... Um, a friend of mine at AA used to say, if you have sex with a gorilla, you ain't done till he's done. And and that you know, that was my experience with the food thing. I'm not done with it until it's done with me. And um, you know, the only, you know, because I've got the mental twist as well, the only solution then has got to be power greater than mine. I do thank you. I do not have the mental control to control that. Um I'll pass with that. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much, Claire E. And next up we have Julie B and we'll be opening up for more shares. Good morning, Julie.
9: Good morning, thank you so much, Kelly. I'm Julie B from Akron, Ohio, recovering compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be on the line with you this morning and um also especially hello to the newcomer. You're in the right spot. <laughs> keep listening, <laughs> keep coming. Um, it's cool to learn that today is such a special day in our program, and it was awesome uh, being able to be a part of the o a birthday this past weekend and just um, I just kept saying yes to the idea of going. This is my first year, and um, looking at flights or looking at hotel rooms, I just kind of it kept unfolding. So if you haven't been and you're thinking of going in future, just just keep saying yes to the thought, and perhaps it'll it'll work out. Um, the The way that this paragraph uh, sort of makes me what it made me think about. Um, You know, when when on XXXI, it says worked a period of months on a business deal and the important deal was not met uh, because of, you know, indulging in the alcoholic beverage. Um, For me, that would have been any number of foods that have um, mostly sugar in it. Um, But I think about there are many occasions that I probably fell short or didn't show up, but one thing that came to mind was I was a part of this performance class, and we had a really big, um, like, a final night, the one night, and we we, we were paired up with someone for, for weeks ahead, and we would have to practice with them for, like, an acting class, and, um, <laughs> like... I think we both were some sort of addicts or compulsive, some whatever, because we both had the brilliant idea of just skipping it, like the night that was our, our turn. So we did the practices. We, you know, talked the trash, you know, gossiped the whole time, most likely, and then basically just skipped out. And I remember my teacher calling me, and she really believed in me. And she's very disappointed. And a girlfriend of mine who was, like, another just friend just was so disappointed, too. And I just remember... Um, I don't remember exactly what happened, but probably overeating um, to escape that that feeling. and and I'm sure the food made that idea sound like a good idea. So I'm just grateful not to do that anymore. Um, I just wanted to mention a couple takeaways from the birthday party, uh, that if you don't cultivate the network while you're not upset, so just meaning like outreach calls, just making that those outreach calls every day to cultivate the network, even if you're not upset, and just kind of reaching out to people, asking how they are. Um, I love that because I need that network when I am upset. Also that I am fired as the CEO of my, of my food choices. I have no right <laughs> to make food decisions by myself. So I no longer do. I have a nutritionist. I have a sponsor. And any, 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 any last-minute changes, I message my sponsor. Thank you so much. I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Julie Beat. Okay, so we're going to open it up for some more shares. Again, we're on page XXIX and the doctor's opinion, fourth paragraph. Um, so limit your sharing. If you shared on Wednesday <coughs> or Thursday of any vision meeting, please step back. So who would like to share this morning?
16: Nancy R. Nancy.
0: Nancy. There's somebody else with N- Nancy. Chris Anisey. Chris Anisey. Um, it's just jumble. I heard Nancy and Chris. That's all I've got so far. Kathy
3: Carol W. And from
0: Texas. Janice. Kathy. Janice. Okay. We're going to stop there. Here's who I got. It was hard to hear you guys. So sorry. Um, Nancy, Chris, Kathy, and Janice. So, Nancy, give us the initial of your first name and where you're calling from. Hi, it's Nancy P. Oh, hi, Thank
14: Nancy. you.
16: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm now unmuted. Oh, wait. Uh,
1: Wait wait wait! I'm sorry,
14: Oh, wait. Are there are there two Nancy's There were two Nancys, but I was first. Nancy P was first. Oh,
1: okay, well, sorry.
14: You go first, and then the next Nancy. Hi. Okay, Nancy, Nancy good morning. P. go um, up. Yeah. Yep. I'm uh, Nancy P. Recovering West Newton, Massachusetts. You know, I love <clears throat> I love this paragraph. Doctor Silkworth says his scientific conclusion at the very end, as a doctor and a researcher, is that these men were not drinking to escape; they were drinking to overcome it. A, a, a craving beyond their mental control but I got to say that you know sometimes it has nothing to do with craving I don't know I mean is my body already infected with this one thing that metastasizes itself metastasizes every once in a while I mean sometimes wh- why would I eat when I'm sitting in my living room reading a book a good book at the moment of reveal you know when the the murderers reveal the guy gets the girl the girl gets the guy or whatever something happens and suddenly I'll say I think it's a good idea to eat, and I'll go into my kitchen and get something to eat like why How could that be if it's if it's only dependent on the phenomenon of craving? I think that my the wiring is such that um you know it manifests itself just whenever it wants to, which is why you know, like managing well, staying on guard, you know um using my willpower, anything like that isn't going to work because there's no way to to like circumvent this you know current or whatever you want to call it that just sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't, you know, there's no, my problem, it's not even a problem. There's no thought. It just happens. And talk about being helpless, that mental twist or mental current or whatever it is, kickstarts the physical allergy, jumpstarts it. You know, my alcoholic foods are not necessarily trigger foods. They are once I eat them, but they're what I need after I succumb. My place, my it's my go-to place mentally. The place between the idea, you know, that the eating would be a good idea, and the consumption of the food, that's that's where I, you know, where I'm in trouble. And the spiritual solution is the only thing that allows me to dodge that bullet all the time. Otherwise, you know, like other things allow me to dodge it some of the time, but um, and, other, and still others allow me to dodge it other times. But the only thing that allows me to dodge the bullet, you know, to run through the, you know, the firing squad without getting hit ever is um, just one thing. Everybody knows what it is, but we'll just review this one time. Nine million guesses. The last one on the list starts with S and rhymes with arender. surrender, 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 surrender. And I'm going to leave some time for the others to share. All
0: right. All right. Thanks, Nancy P. So next we have another Nancy um, Nancy what's the initial of your last name and where are you calling from
16: sorry thank you so much sorry to jump the line I, I didn't hear I'm, I apologize no worries, and, no
6: worries.
16: Okay, okay thank you so much Kelly and uh, also Nancy P and uh, I'm Nancy R <laughs> in, in New York I live in New York Nancy R and um, I'm thrilled to be on with all these beautiful um, beautiful shares and um I I'm excited to share. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, of course. Um, I'm excited to share on this uh, paragraph because um, somebody asked me last night when I explained I worked in hotels uh, giving presentations and they asked about must be so much better having a clear mind. And I said, you know, I, I personally had an obsession with food when I worked. I remember that. And when they brought that up, that question, it reminded me so much of, I had access to the kitchens and when I was finished with a presentation, I would go to the kitchen and I would have, I would have my sugar foods. I would have my, my ice creams, um, on purpose to help me go to sleep. At that time, I knew that it could, it would get me dizzy and I would go to sleep and, um, I didn't think that I had a phenomenon of craving. I just realized that this was going to be delicious, but also enough to disturb me to go to sleep. And I also thought I was eating or drinking to escape, but didn't realize I was eating to overcome a craving beyond my mental control. Um, And then when there were times that I did trigger the craving, I didn't keep appointments, not necessarily for work, but if I had an appointment, I would just say, okay, I've done it. That's it. I can't go out because I was in trouble. But um, the times that, uh, there were a few times where I said, my God, I I didn't wait till the work was over and I was in trouble. And I thought, in trouble while I was doing a presentation this is unbearable. I'm I'm I cannot let this happen when it affects my work, but of course I've spent a lifetime where trying to not be in that situation with the with the poison has been um a battle that I finally have agreed I'm a compulsive overeater. I I I didn't want to uh, accept it. I am not like these other people. I have been spending a life not accepting it until now that I have to accept it. And now I'm grateful to have met all of you, to know I'm not alone, and to understand the allergy of the body and the, the mental twist. It's, it's really been a lifetime. And, and um, I, I'm also excited to learn that today. Time. Thank you to learn from Harlan that today is the 19th, our birthday. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thanks, Nancy. Okay, we have three people left in five minutes, so just keep that in mind. So we're up with Chris M. followed by Kathy W. Good morning, Chris.
17: Good morning. This is Chris M. from New York, um, recovering today from compulsive eating. Um, What stood out for me in this paragraph was how he took the drink, You know, he was set this whole thing up, and um, it was going to be probably a very successful venture, and everything was going great, and then he decides to drink, and then, uh, you know, he's off to the races, and everything falls apart. So for me, I've been in the program, gosh, um, since 1986, realizing I've been um, dieting with um, support, and this whole, you know... um, kind of feeling of, oh, spirituality, spirit, spirit, but not really working um, the steps. And to me, it's not, it, it's, it makes sense that um, biologically when I put, for me it's the sugars and the carbs, when I put them in my body, my, my body wants more. I'm in the health field. I, I could be a nutritionist with the amount of research I've done trying to fix myself, um, my whole life. Um, none, of that, none of that helps um, when I have an, uh, this eating disorder and this compulsion and this twist of the mind. The thing that's more baffling to me is, and I've heard it this morning, is why would I, why would I pick up something when things are going well? And I'm realizing now and I'm praying to God, you know, a day at a time that this um, is the turning point for me in my recovery is that I need to really check my emotions. And maybe that seems like a lot of work and I don't want to have to do that. Like, why should I have to worry about how I feel? Like, oh, you know, I should just be able to live my life and know a few things and, and get through this. But um, I've been listening to Into Into Action um, by one of our esteemed um, fellows and You know, and I've heard, you know, we hear these things over and over again. Like, oh, Chris, guess what? You need to work the steps every day to prevent yourself from getting that emotional turmoil that is going to bring you back into the food. And for me, what I think of is I'm like, it's like a rubber band. I'll stretch out just far enough from my disease and my eating and then I can't maintain that and I go boing right back to it. And that, that has, what has baffled me all these years. And I, I think I get it now. Um, the, the, the thing I need to do now is um, plug into this program even more into my fellows into my sponsor into thank you, into working the steps so that I do not trigger the, um, that mental twist and pick up. Thank you. I pass.
0: Okay, well I can't uh do math or figure it out, so we're out of time. So sorry, Kathy, W and Janice, I hope you stick around for the second hour or, or Monday morning if if that doesn't work for you. So appreciate you guys. Um anyway, okay, let's see here. Uh thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study. Immediately following the closing, the share ID for today, January 19th, 2024, is 21054. 21054. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Judith SP, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
1: Thank you, Kelly, and thank you, everybody, for your shares. My name is Judith S. P. Recovered in Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.